0: Let's pray. We just pray, but I always think prayer is a good thing. God, I just thank you for this time. And I just pray that you speak through me. It'd be your words and not mine. And we'd allow you to just work in our hearts, work in our minds, work in our souls tonight. And I just thank you that we have this place and have this space to gather and uh, worship you and listen to your word and I pray this all in Jesus name amen Amen. so I'm gonna do something a little different than I normally do and I'm gonna ask all you guys to close your eyes with me we're gonna close our eyes and we're gonna pretend we're standing in front of a mirror and as you visualize that that reflection how you feel, whether you can look at yourself or not. Just go through the experience of what you're seeing, how you're feeling, good or bad. I'm gonna give you guys a moment just to reflect, see yourself to your past, in your present, and possibly even looking into your future self. Now that I've given you guys this opportunity to look at yourselves there's I think there's this overwhelming feeling I know in my own experience when I see myself I think oftentimes it's always been viewed in shame I think there's times where I don't want to look at myself I don't feel the greatest I can't bear to look at my face. And it's cool. Kylie and I had no communication at all as to what she was going to talk about, to what I was going to talk about. And I think this is very timely and you guys could open your eyes now. You, you don't need to close them the whole service. I almost totally forgot. <laughs> but I think there's this this habit of ours as humans to look at ourselves in the mirror of shame of our upbringings, what we've done, the choices we've made, and feelings of, I, I don't know if I could get out of this habit, where it feels like there's this hopelessness that I can't, I can't break these chains and I'm always going to be this way. And the thing with shame, shame stirs us to steer away and isolate. We expect less than if we come back. There's this idea of having to get right before I even approach God. And the verses, the parable I'm going over, um, Kylie had mentioned, and it's the prodigal son story. And that's Luke 15, verses 11 through 32. So if you have your Bible, it's the Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's the third book of the Gospels, and we'll be in verses 11 through 32. And this is, I say this with a lot of, anytime I teach, I say, this is my favorite story, but you know, a lot of them are my favorite stories, but this in particular has always gotten to me in my own has got me in my feels and always reminds me whose I am. And so let me know when you're all there, say amen if you're not. Amen. I'm still going to read. Amen if you are. But if you're not, I'm still, I'm still going to continue to read. <laughs> uh, 15. 15, verse 11 to 32. So verse 11 reads this. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you heaven before, and heaven before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf, here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this is my son was dead for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry now his older son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house he heard music and dancing so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come and because he has received him safe and sound your father has killed the fatted calf But he was angry and would not go in therefore his father came out and pleaded with him so he answered and said to his father lo these many years i've been serving you i never transgressed your commandment at any time and yet you never gave me a young goat and i might make merry with my friends but as soon as the son of yours came who had devoured your livelihood with harlots you killed the fatted calf for him and he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make Mary and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. And in this particular story, parable, and the parables prior to this are all parables of something being lost and being found. And as I read through this and I prepared for this study, there's three different perspectives in this story. There's the fathers, there's the prodigal son, and there's the son that stayed. And in this story, I think there's a tendency that I've had um, where sometimes I don't celebrate when I don't necessarily celebrate certain people if I've known them and if I see them come back. Sometimes I could get in the habit of, I've been doing this for years. And for some reason, where's where's my special day? I think it's really easy to fall into that. And when I was preparing for this, there's just something that really stuck out to me and it was the being merry part, celebration. I think oftentimes we overlook those moments of celebration, um, and going to the the son who ran, the son who was the prodigal, we we I think we fall into both positions as either son. And for those that have made choices they regret or have squandered their wealth, I, I've done it so in my own walk, and there's times where, I always felt like, I-, I, can't, I can't do this. How can I teach God's word yet still, still have these habits or still, still commit sin? Like, who am I? Who am I to be worthy? And the overwhelming feeling I have and any time I've gone through moments like that, I'm just overwhelmed with shame. And many times in my life it's been filled with a shame where I don't think I'm good enough. I'm not worthy of such a position. Because I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know my thoughts well. And there's times where I'm like, "How, how can a father, a loving father, Love me so well. And I had some audience participation outside of the sermon, and I asked a couple friends just this question. When reading or going over the lost son parable, what is your initial reaction to the father's welcome to the son coming home? And one of my friends responded with this. It's so beautiful, and I think it's the way Jesus reacts to us when we return back to him, or when we're found or saved or whatever. Like no matter what we've done, he still loves us that much, and he's so stoked that we've come back. And while it's not like, hey, go off and do whatever you want, and God still accepts you, it's more like God accepts us as we are with all the evil we have. He doesn't hesitate at all and he sprints even degrading himself to rejoice over us another friend had responded with relief just relief and i had another friend say this starts out with relief i'm so thankful that our father doesn't hold things over our head it makes it so much easier to come back when we know he isn't holding grudges over our choice to walk away in the first place. I love that he's unashamed in the way he loves, claims, and pursues us. Another friend said, feel good, gratitude, that I messed up, yet I'm so forgiven and celebrated to come back. And the last one is, I love the way the father ran to him and welcomed him home. I think it's a beautiful example of the Lord loving his children a long way off and the way heaven rejoices over someone returning home. And my hope and my prayer for this message and just for everyone here, I know not everyone's upbringings, a father figure could be something that you look at not in a positive light and when it's come to your walk with god you have this image as well as you didn't grow up with a father so learning there's a heavenly father that loves you is a challenging thing and it's a i think a good example wasn't planning on doing this but Um, my dad didn't have a father growing up. And I really do admire how my dad raised me. And I remember there's many times where my dad has questioned how he raised us as kids. And I'm so grateful that even though my dad didn't have that example growing up he did his best to f- to follow after god and raise me in such in such a way that there when it comes to me and shame and with my parents i could i, I could go to them without worry and there's we're always welcomed home. And not only that, he doesn't ask us what we did. The father didn't ask the son that ran away like any questions. He didn't ask. uh, He didn't reprimand him for anything. He clothed him. He gave him a ring and a robe. He sprinted a distance and fell on his face and embraced that son uninhibited unconditionally and celebrated. And I think one great example is when Jesus is crucified I think we have this habit of when we think of the cross, we think of our shame. We think of our sin. Yes, Jesus died for our sins but the cross is an example of God's love for us. Like that, was, that, that was something he didn't have to do. That was something that he didn't have to do for any of us. But because God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. The action of the cross him dying and rise again is simply just to show this story of the father's love for us. Oh how he loves us. And there's countless examples throughout this throughout the gospels where an encounter with Jesus first there's this feeling of shame that I'm not worthy. But every time Jesus has met someone it was always met with compassion. And last, yesterday, I was just hanging out with a friend, and we were just, I, I hang out at a nutrition store for six hours, and we were kind of just chatting about life and everything, and I also asked him his insight on this parable specifically. And then, We just got into a bunch of different topics. And I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna eat. And then one thing he asked me, one thing he just said is, why don't you go home and just eat with your parents? Like they would just like to spend time with you. And when he said that, both he and I got like so emotional. I was like, oh gosh, (laughs) I like, I was not, I was not ready for that. Like, like when it comes to our parents and then when it comes to our Heavenly Father, He simply just wants to spend time with us. Big or small things, He just wants to be with us. And I just want to encourage everyone here that we can either... Be a mirror of shame and reflect shame, or we could be a mirror that reflects the love of the Father. I want us to be a church that mirrors the love of the Father. It is uninhibited and unconditional. And what I hope for here is exactly our mission statement to walk in the ways of Jesus together. That here everyone's welcome. Here, I've witnessed so many different things. I've witnessed so many people of different walks. And this is is a home. Coming to Jesus is being welcomed home. And that is a beautiful thing. And if you're new here, and if you haven't been with us before, we usually take 10 minutes of silence and solitude. And my challenge for you guys is, we did that reflection at the beginning. Whether it is you saw yourself in shame or in your hurt, take on the Father's perspective. Think of those homecomings of soldiers or people that haven't seen each other for so long. see yourself in the eyes of the Father, that he loves you, he sees you from a great distance, and he doesn't wait, he'll sprint to you. And that is a beautiful thing. And so 10 minutes, I challenge you to reflect on that, write a letter to God, thank him for always welcoming you Home. I'm just going to pray us into worship and I hope that time was time well spent and so let's bow our heads and pray Father God I just thank you for this time I thank you for this opportunity that we can just be can be in your presence and you welcome us with open arms Lord and I just pray that those that are going through a time of shame. Lord, I I pray against that. I pray that they'd be filled with your spirit, that they'd be overwhelmed by your love tonight, that there is nothing, there is nothing in this world that could separate us from you, God. And I just pray that we cling to that, that that would be our raft that would be our foundation. And I just pray in this time of worship, we'd listen. We'd allow you to move. And I just thank you and I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.